Hey, this is Mike at salesrabbit.com. We've got four great new products coming out, movers, weather, data grid, AI, and digital contracts. These things are gonna change the face of the field sales industry. Come visit us at salesrabbit.com to learn more. What's up guys, Sam Tagger here, and I'm with Jonathan Sherwood, long time coming. We've probably been to how many events together now? Uh, lost count, man, uh, <laughs> lost count. And we're sitting here at RoofCon in Orlando, Florida, and we're just like, you know, let's wing it. Let's go do a podcast and uh, see if we can't create some cool content, chop it up, add some value to you guys. So Jonathan, tell us kind of like, I don't even know how to put it. Like you run commercial roofing all over the place. You're on the board at Roofers and Recovery and trying to help people with recovery. You ran and sold roofing companies. Like, like, kind of give us your your overview in a nutshell. Yeah. So, so one, thanks, Sam, for carving out some time and, and chatting with me. I've been wanting to connect with you for quite some time, and this one just kind of happened organically. And let's do it. Let's just uh, give some value add. So, uh, myself in a nutshell. Uh, the managing partner of Surefire Seamless Systems. It's a uh, national foam and coatings company. You know, I said before that I would never own another roofing company, and now I do. I used to have G2 Roofing and Construction, which we were speaking about earlier, where I completely started everything door knocking residential, built that up, and we sold it to the regional operations manager, John Mansville, in September 2016. Meanwhile, I'd been going back and forth between Denver and Dallas, and it was kind of like a gunslinger for hire and a consultant. Took a VP chair at a development company, started their commercial division, got them in the top 100 roofing companies, took the president's chair and said, man, it's gonna go on my own and go solo. Started Roofers Helping Roofers, not even to monetize off it, just helping others for the passion I had in the industry. That's how I started, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Mine was called Can't Knock This when I first started. Not a lot of people know that. It was just like, hey, post your tips and tricks and help each other. Like, That's what happened with me. I was just documenting value and then it ended up coming in to work with other contractors in the, in the nation for project procurement and fulfillment. And then the thing that I like the most is obviously the passion I have in the industry and being in recovery and that's being on the board of Roofers in Recovery. So just immersed in the industry completely. I love it. I've, I've found that the roofing space has a beautiful character, usually makeup. Like it's just a kind of like a roofer profile. Um, you have a lot of people that come from maybe rough backgrounds, you know, because they were like in drugs or in jail and things like that. Then you have a lot of the blue collar that were just come from humble beginnings that are like, you know, I was a roofer and then I switched into sales and then I started my own business and then it's like, oh, fetch, I started making a million dollars a year. You know what I mean? It's just a cool makeup and to dive in like you have has been, you know, obviously fruitful and cool and you made a difference in a lot of people's lives. So what's like one thing that you're really passionate about right now? Other than like, I guess you could go into roofers and recovery a little bit, but like what's driving you right now versus maybe where you were 10 years ago? The thing that I like right now about the industry is I've seen a little bit of a shift and that's kind of really why I wanted to connect with you because I feel like the industry over the last couple of years has come to a place uh, where they're looking for leaders of what is right not followers of what is wrong, right? There's a little bit of a bad rap and some of the substance abuse and different things that go on but the reality of it is there's some amazing people in this industry and I have met some of my closest friends in this industry and if you look out there, there are folks doing things really right and influencing people to be a lot better. And let's look at the COVID pandemic, you know? That happened and there were so many companies that I knew of, Northwest, Precision Construction, 
Foothills, myself, that were all doing things for the people in the community as we were getting press, giving out stimulus checks, giving out gift cards, handing out toilet papers, doing things for people's groceries. So I just think that we're at this place where we're seeing a shift in the roofing industry and those leaders are rising to the top. And that's kind of one of the reasons I've always kind of kept my finger on what you were doing. I believe we're one of those leaders. And we're seeing it, the roofing industry get pressed, but we're seeing different stuff come out than what we're used to seeing come out, which is going to be a complete dynamic shift in the industry, in my opinion. Different conferences, different type of people, different type of things going on, but all for the greater good. I agree. And that was, you know, when I started this, very simple. It was like roofers helping roofers. I just said D2D guys helping D2D guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? And everybody, it was actually, I was taken away when I came to my first roofing conference because I didn't know that there were other competitors all meeting up and sharing tips and tricks like this roofing convention or the ones we've been to. And I started door-to-door con and everybody was like, there's no way this is going to work. You better bring a freaking MMA octagon. And these competitors in Utah, they're all cutthroat. Like they're just, it's like living at a lower frequency where they're like, I win, you lose. And I was like, no, there's a game we can play called win-win. Yeah. I win, you win. There's an abundance of opportunity out there. Sales reps, XYZ, stop playing a low-level game. And I saw a lot of people that were so money-driven, so fake when it came to relationships. They're like, oh, he doesn't work for me. He sucks. He's the worst person on the planet. He's a fail. I'm like, are you effing kidding me? Like, like when I got fired, or I got fired from a company, they didn't pay me like hundreds of thousands of dollars because they didn't want to pay me. I quit at one company. They said they fired me, and they threw my name through the mud. And I'm like, like just yeah. do what you say you're gonna do and we yeah. need to like rise up and just like be good people you know what's wild about this is you hit the nail on the head when you said you know working together the roofers like no it's never gonna happen but now look where the industry is roofers are working with roofers all the time yes. they're making more money celebrating each other's wins and understanding that both parties have to win and cultivating the relationship that brings value on both sides Everything's just kind of changing, but I'm obviously, Rupert's Helper Rupert's a big advocate of that, but I love that. I love watching people work together that are in the same space, that would normally be competitors, making money together, celebrating the wins. Love that. So, what advice would you give like a brand new roofer? You've been in the space a long time, and I kept meeting at this conference, I've been meeting a lot of people that I've seen throughout the years, because I've spoken a lot of these, and they're like, hey, I saw you speak like three years ago, and since then, I've broke off and started my own roofing company about six months ago or something like that. Like, how would you help that guy? You know what I mean? I would say for them, get your eyes fixed on somebody who's doing it right, that you admire, and pick their brain so that you're not trying to fail your way to success and you're paying less dumb tax by having somebody speak into your life that's already paid it and doing it the way that you would like to mimic. And the other thing I would say is pick what you're good at, have your niche, and find other things you want to tackle. Maybe you're doing the the door-to-door sales, it's great cash flow, you have residential, but you're thinking about commercial. But you don't know what you're going to need cash flow for commercial. You don't know the systems and stuff. Partner with somebody in the industry. A little bit of something is better than nothing. Make sure you're not stretched too thin and learn from them. Steal shamelessly. Duplicate yourself. Build yourself up and then pay it forward and do it with the next. I love that. And and so many people let the ego get in the way. You know what I mean? And it's like the ego is the enemy. It's one of my favorite books by Ryan Halliday. And it's like... When I watch these business owners hold on to their, well, this is how it's done and this is how I'm gonna do it and I'm too afraid to spend money on investment and coaching and training and, and mem- mentorship, like you know, the, the humility of being able to go to somebody and say, I respect and honor what you've built and I, that is amazing. Is there anything you can do of value back to me? And what's 
and then if that, that person's like, I value my time too much to sit here and just pour into you, be like, can I compensate you, partner with you? What value can I reciprocate? Yeah. Because a lot of times people in those situations are like too cheap to say, oh, they should just freely give and I'm like deserving of just, yeah. and it's like, no, like sometimes it costs money. Sometimes it costs like finding ways to reciprocate value in another way. But like being willing to stay that, stay in the humble spot and, and like you said, kind of extract this, like, to avoid the dumb tax, yeah. I love that, is, is powerful. And you know what's crazy about it is they get so caught up on the monetary for that moment. Oh, if I pay for this coaching, if I pay for D2D, if I pay for consulting, Rupert's helping Rupert's, whatever I pay for, well, I could have done it on my own. Well, you could have, but you would have paid a lot more in the end trying to find out what works than just getting catapulted right into it I, and, and, and doing a couple deals and it paid for itself. I went through this twice. Yeah. And so I, I brought on a new CRM sales force probably a year and a half ago. So I switched CRMs and I hire a guy for like 60 grand a year that had some background in Salesforce development. Because I was like, well, I don't want to pay 200 bucks an hour to these Salesforce gurus to like go build this thing. So he did it. And then he ended up not being productive and I fired him because I didn't oversee him. I was like, that sucks. So then I hire another guy. He's like, yeah, I know Salesforce. I'm like, oh, okay. Like, he was kind of doing two jobs. He worked for my company in a different department. So then he was kind of helping out with Salesforce. And then he rebuilt it kind of and it like got 75% done and it just like wasn't getting anywhere. I was like, it still doesn't give me what I'm looking for. I want this, 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 and this. And I was so clear. And he's like, yeah, I'm trying and this and that. And I eventually fired the guy. Recently, I had these Salesforce consultants come in and pitch me like, hey, let's go build out your thing. And they were 200 and something bucks an hour. And I was like, hell no. I was like, wait a minute. Am I practicing what I'm preaching? Damn it. These guys are the experts in Salesforce. That's all they do. And I was like shooting myself in the freaking foot. And I was like, okay. They map out the project. They say it's going to take me this many hours. It's going to be 17 grand. And I was like, had I just paid the damn 17 grand up front? I wouldn't have paid a year and a half of salaries to these dumbasses, and you know what I mean? I was like, it cost me way more than 17 grand, but I was trying to cut corners of having my full time, my own in-house, you know what I mean? Thinking I can do it, and I'm like, ah! You got to experience the dumb tax. <laughs> dumb tax, did it, yeah. right there, right there. Great. So, um, what about like, uh, what's your two cents? Because door knocking right now, you don't do a ton of, but in your own world, what is your form of door knocking? So in my world, my form of door knocking right now is strategic networking. Yes. Because it's getting in front of the customer right then and there. So how am I doing? For example, I do quite a bit of multifamily or apartment complex roofing that everybody wants to get into. And they're thinking they can use CoStar, they can use Romney and the other different things. And I'm not saying that you can't. What I've learned with multifamily is you have to get to the megaphone or the decision maker, right? Well, it's not the leasing office. It's really not the property management company. It's usually the syndicate investor who owns the property management company as well as all the properties. So how do I get to that? I find the events they're doing. I sponsor them. I stay consistent with the sponsorship, but I never miss anything. I'm always there with the different investors. Example, last week we were at the Old Capital Conference at the Ranger Stadium, Low Life Field in Texas. There was 500 owners apartment complexes. We were a platinum sponsor, and I just got to mingle with all of them. So I was knocking on everybody's door, and I was walking up and shaking their hand. I don't think there's anything better than getting yourself in the room with the decision maker. So then there's people listening, right? They're like, well, how do I do that? I don't have the luxury of knowing all those people yet. 
Before I knew those people, yeah. it's almost like recovery. I got a sponsor, but a business sponsor. I got somebody that could get me in the room with those people because I couldn't get myself there. And then I catapulted my way up through it once I got myself there. People fail to realize that every opportunity that you're seeking and you're like, I want that, lies behind some kind of door. And I love what Ed Milet said yesterday. He's like, you're one client, one relationship, one door away from a life-changing life. You know what I mean? It only takes one good account. Yeah. And it changes everything. And that one business sponsor that got you in that door that then opened up these 100-unit apartment complex that then opened up his friend, that then, you know what I mean? And it's just like, sometimes we forget that it's like, are you just too timid to go knock that one door? Are you too afraid? To, is your anxiety, is your, I don't know, lack, your fear just stopping you from saying, what's the worst that could happen? That business mentor, that one deal, that one relationship's like not interested. You're like, cool. I can now say at least I knocked. <laughs> so what's next? Like what's the what's the dream? Where's the vision? Where, where, where What's next? You know, for me, it, we were talking about this earlier too before we ended up on yeah, camera. We are just kind of like almost talking about, I guess you could sum it up as, work-life balance yeah I, we were talking about you know having that number and wanting to hit that higher number and then getting there and then wanting to hit a higher number well now it's been wanting to live my life and have more time for me and you were kind of sharing that with me so to be rigorously honest for me it's to spend more time with my family enjoy my relationship more with my lady to do the things that is that i want to do and just kind of let the business work itself so i can focus on more of what i believe is the plan and purpose and destiny for my life and that's helping people in recovery being an influencer just doing what the plan of god is on my life really so i want to be doing that more than trying to make money and then be thankful for the money he's given me because the one thing i had when i was broke is i told god i said i want to be able to do whatever i want to do for you and never have to ask for a dollar to do it and he's brought me to that point where i can pick and choose what i want to do and i can bankroll without worrying about it and still letting the business make money i love that no and i'm on the same journey like you couldn't have said it more aligned with where i'm at and i think what's interesting is i've it's that's true trust and true like confidence in God to say, hey, I think I'm good. Why am I forgetting that he's so much better than saying, hey, I will show up powerfully as a humble like messenger in your world and impact and he'll take care of it. Like he'll figure it out. And I found that too often the trick is it's actually we're tricking ourselves by chasing so hard. We're forgetting that the law of attraction because we're chasing that 10 million then the 20 million then 30 million and and we're failing to be fulfilled because we're always going to be wanting more because we never fill enough and the moment once we fill enough and we feel worthy and we just are and we're like i'm exactly where i need to be and i'm showing up powerfully in the present all of a sudden all those other things take care of themselves you know what's wild is when you're toiling and trying so hard to hit the number it's just so exhausting. It's exhausting. And you're working it's not a fun, so You're not long. living. And then when you start focusing on being purpose-driven, it's just given to you. It's yeah. like, I don't even look for it. They're like, you want this big deal? You want to go do this deal? I'm like, where were you guys when I was trying to yes. play? Wait, wait. It's because I'm not focusing on John or living on John's terms anymore. You're I'm just trying to live on God's terms, yeah. and he's just giving me what I need to do. So I'm saying we forget that it's like he has so much more. But yeah. He will put the person in the place. He will. It's just trust. Yeah. And it's like that's true faith, and I think that... As long as we're showing up authentically with our true self in every moment and in alignment, 
then it's it's just gonna like I've been on this mission and I'm like cool if God wants me to be like a million followers on YouTube one day I'm like he will he'll do he'll it do it right? he'll do it one of my videos will go viral and just like that you know what I mean like if he wants me to make no money and be broke and go through a journey like you just said you're like I'm in this in between I'm like beautiful that's where you're supposed to be and it's yeah. the message that you're gonna learn from that and if you never had to learn through that and live through that then then you're never gonna be able to pack a punch when you tell the story later on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Had you not gone through your recovery, had you not gone through your shit, had you not been broke ass, like yeah. you wouldn't have had a punch to pack. So what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like that's life and we gotta keep living it, just wake up and say we're in it. Yeah. Instead of living it. for tomorrow. I had to learn how to enjoy it. You know, as somebody close to me told me the other day, it's like I you're so busy trying to find what it is that you want that your life's passing you by. Hey. And it really sat on me, and that's when it clicked and I was like, man. I gotta start living my life. I've got everything I've wanted God's given me. Why don't I just enjoy what I have? And ever since then, it's been great. So we're gonna end with this, and I'm gonna leave you guys with my, my mantra I have started to live by as of like a year ago. Ask me what time it is. Sam, what time is it? Now. <laughs> I like that. Instead of looking at this hand, I'm gonna look at this hand, and it's a freckle past a hair. It's a freckle past a hair. There's really it. a freckle there. Time is now. I love and it. And I just think so many people live in the, bah! And so, if you guys got some value out of this, guys, go follow Jonathan Sherwood. He is the man. He's roofers helping roofers and roofers in recovery. Two things, if you're in need of help and sponsor, the first step of any kind of recovery is admitting and saying, let me reach out for help, because that's showing confidence and courage, not showing shame. And if you're living in this world of shame, that's one of the lowest frequencies we can live on. So stop living in shame and realizing and owning and saying, I need to admit that I want help and need help and it's okay to reach out. Second thing is if you're somebody that has been through recovery or supports those, guys, go donate. Don't be somebody that's afraid to let, let go of some money, invest in them, and they are willing to put that money to work and they know the right places to put that money. So Roofers in Recovery, go check them out. Willing to help and support. I'm super excited. I hope to see you at Door to Door Con in January. And oh, absolutely, I'll be happen. there. So, awesome. Thank you, guys. Yeah.